On today's episode, the five reasons why your PHT rehab is failing. Welcome to the podcast, helping you overcome your proximal hamstring tendinopathy. This podcast is designed to help you understand this condition, learn the most effective evidence-based treatments, and of course, bust the widespread misconceptions. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm an online physiotherapist, recreational athlete, creator of the Run Smarter series, and a chronic proximal hamstring tendinopathy battler. Whether you are an athlete or not, this podcast will educate and empower you in taking the right steps to overcome this horrible condition. So let's give you the right knowledge along with practical takeaways in today's lesson. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, This is a replay of um, something from the Run Smarter podcast. It was actually done quite a while ago, maybe about 12 months ago, but um, let's dive in and I'll tune in later on. In this episode, we talk about five reasons why your tendon rehab is failing, um, five things that you need to consider or maybe reevaluate, reassess um, just to make sure you're getting a lot of bang for your buck and you're being as effective as you can with your rehab. So let's dive in. I did a blog topic on this exact thing and I got really nice responses. I got um, some, uh, um, the uh, feedback I got, I was helping out a lot of people and so decided to do this episode and elaborate a little bit further um, in the form of a podcast episode and I could go on a few rants, I guess. (laughs) Um, I have seen tons of runners try to manage tendon issues for months, for years and you delve into their rehab, you ask some questions, you look at their history, and I've um, come across like these mistakes. So you might be listening to this episode and feel like it, yeah, um, feel like it relates to you quite a lot because almost every runner, almost every chronic tendinopathy patient that I see, which is the bulk of the people that I do see, uh, they're missing some of these pieces and it's trying to educate and um, at least trying to hone in on certain topics and making sure they're really, really honed in and effectively managing these topics before we can um, start building up. And yeah, so let's dive in. The first one I had was number one is you are resting too much. So if your rehab is failing, it's because one, you're resting too much. This goes back to um, human instincts. Like if someone's injured, you want to you want to rest. You want to make sure it heals. You want to make sure that uh, the body does its job of recovering, and then you should be getting back to uh, your normal, what you're doing beforehand. And that's what people relate to. That's human instinct. If you break an arm, you put it in a cast or you put it in a sling for a couple of weeks, and then the body magically heals everything as the body does, and then you go back to using the arm as you did before. Fantastic. Um, with the tendons, it doesn't work that way. So we're going against human instinct, which is why this mistake is number one in this topic. And it's why I see this mistake so often around runners. And realistically, what we have to do is keep the tendon under a healthy adaptation zone. Otherwise, things are just going to get worse. So as we talk about through our first 10 principles, our first 10 episodes, we're managing uh, a runner we want the runner to hit an adaptation zone which is put the load put the body through a certain period of load that triggers adaptation when it triggers adaptation the body gets stronger 
it adapts and uh, becomes more resilient for anything moving forward. If you are below that adaptation zone, the body either doesn't get stronger or gets weaker. If you go above that adaptation zone, you uh, start to increase your likelihood of an overuse injury. So if you have a generic runner who runs about 15 Ks a week, if they decide to go out for a 20 K run, that's exceeding their capacity, the increased likelihood of an injury uh, increases. Their adaptation zone might be around um, three, uh, 5K runs three times a week. That might be their adaptation zone. And then every couple of weeks, they're slowly progressing on that. And the adaptation zone itself starts to climb up and uh, you get stronger, you become more resilient. Once you have a tendon issue, the uh, there's a tendon that might have a temporary flare-up. Uh, we can interpret this as sort of like weakness. It's not the, the structure isn't getting weak, but the... Um, the tissues around that structure are becoming more sensitive. So what was once within your adaptation zone is now possibly too excessive and leading to a greater um, flare-up. So if we do a 20K run, we flare up a tendon. If we go back to that 5K capacity, which was once a good adaptation zone, um, 5K three times a week, that might be too much and it might flare up more symptoms and lead to a further flare-up, leading to further sensitivity and um, it's usually not the best strategy. So what might be a good strategy once it is flared up is you can run the next day, but let's do 2K. Let's do a slower K or let's do slower pace than usual or let's just do flats. Let's break it up. Let's still do 5K, but every second K, let me just do some walking. Uh, that might be enough to stay within that ad the new adaptation zone and very quickly uh, over a week or so, the sensitivity starts to reduce and then you're back to that pre-existing adaptation zone. That's what it might look like. I hope you're familiar already with the pain, rest, weakness, downward spiral that I've explained several times before. Uh, this is where it falls straight into it. So there's pain. A lot of people attribute pain to um, requiring rest. That leads to further weakness. And like I just said before, if there's a temporarily sensitive structure, it temporarily... Uh, reduces its capacity, the structure's capacity. And so it temporarily becomes weaker. If you combat that with complete rest, a couple of weeks off running, it gets f weaker further. So the weakness just continues and we continue down this downward spiral. If you try and run 5Ks again, flares up, you think there's not enough rest, not enough time to heal. You have another week and then it gets weaker again. And then we continue down this downward spiral where the capacity of that tendon just reduces more and more and more to the point where just everyday activities start to flare it up. So we definitely don't want to be there. We want to try and load the tendon within the right parameters as soon as we can. And yeah, it starts to heal the tendon as, um, as quickly as possible. So uh, exercise combats all of those. When we talk about pain, rest, weakness, uh, when it comes to the pain component, while exercise and loading actually reduces pain, the rest part of it, exercise is combating that, and the weakness, exercise is combating that. So we're being super proactive against pain, rest, weakness, downward spiral. And if you're too unsure of your starting point or your new adaptation zone, that's where a health professional comes into it. So that's number one, too much resting. Number two I had written down is you're more correct you're not interpreting symptoms like your pain symptoms and sometimes um, you might interpret the symptoms as permission 
to uh, do more really stiff and sore, that can be a um, sure sign that you've overloaded it. But you're trying to think of what could it be? Like I was fine when I was running. After that, I did some work. After that, I was helping out the kids, playing around with the kids. It must have been playing with the kids. It must have been my sitting. It must have been something uh, when really it was the running. We're just incorrectly interpreting the symptoms. And on the other side of that, someone might have a real chronic tendinopathy. Uh, let's just say it's like a patella kneecap tendinopathy and they're running and they feel like a two out of 10 pain the entire time. And afterwards it spikes up to a three. The next day it's staying at a three or a two and they're like, oh, running isn't really good for it. When in fact that might actually be okay. And depending on individual circumstances and correctly interpreting or having a correct diagnosis that it is a tendinopathy, there's been some really nice studies to show that uh, for chronic injuries and rehabbing injuries, anywhere between a one and a three out of 10 pain during the exercise is actually okay. It's actually quite safe to do that. And anywhere between a four or a five out of 10 is acceptable. They call that an acceptable zone. And then anywhere six beyond, uh, so a six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 out of 10 pain is not acceptable. It means you're doing too much. And that goes with um, lasting effects afterwards, during exercise, after, lasting effects afterwards, and the next day. So these are your safe zones. Anywhere between one and three safe, four, five is acceptable, six plus not acceptable. Um, so keep that in mind. And if there is a spike, let's just say there's a two out of 10 pain during a run, and then there's a spike the next morning that's about a five, um, that's when we'd start to uh, tweak a couple of the variables. But trying to aim for no pain and trying to aim for zero pain, especially with chronic issues, uh, it's very, very hard to achieve. And you might be, you might find that we can strengthen the tendon and push your limits if we use this, um, this pain zone uh, a bit more effectively. So interpret your symptoms. You might be able to exercise through some pain. Um, you might be overdoing it. So learning how to interpret those is my next point. Uh, the third tip I have is you haven't modified daily aggravating factors. And so daily activities outside of running that might be flaring up your symptoms. And this is a lot of people like to blame running and running might've been the initial cause of the tendinopathy. You might've spiked your load and the, the tissues become quite sensitive. And then all of a sudden the uh, the daily exercises or the daily tasks that you have to do are now being flared up because of that. And the two big examples that I see are you flare up a hamstring tendon, big uh, proximal hamstring tendon due to a run, you're doing too much speed work or hills or whatever have you. The tendon flares up and then all of a sudden it's quite irritated and sitting starts to irritate it throughout the day and sitting becomes a big problem. That's one that I see. The next one that I see is plantar fasciitis. So running or a lot of load through the feet, maybe a change in footwear has spiked a um, plantar fasciitis. And then all of a sudden the capacity drops and standing throughout the day is particularly aggravating. Um, particularly during work, I see it a lot with nurses. I see it a lot with chefs. Uh, they're constantly on their feet and standing like still. So I do see that quite often. And what might be failing your rehab is you're doing some strength work, you're doing the correct modifications to your running, but you're not addressing 
the daily activities that might be flaring it up. So for um, so for the hamstring, modifying how you're sitting. For the plantar fasciitis, modifying maybe things in your shoes, some orthotics or some heel inserts, um, the gel inserts that I, can be quite effective. Um, modifying things like that as best we can, taking micro breaks, sit-stand desks, um, all of that can be really effective and can just be that next one percenter in your rehab. So again, professional guidance is recommended if you're not too sure how to manipulate those aggravating factors, but um, can be a big game changer. So that's number three. Number four is your strength rehab isn't progressive enough. So people learn about isometrics. They do the research or they've been to their physio and shown that isometrics, which is uh, loading up the tendon and holding that tendon in one position um, for a certain period of time can be a um, can be very beneficial for the tendons. They say, great, uh, they start their isometrics, they feel a lot better, and then they don't progress to the next stage. Uh, isometrics are fantastic for tendons. I do them all the time in my rehab, and uh, it, it can be it can get you back to running, but there's a missing link there. There's a missing step, which I'll explain, because isometrics are not enough to restore all the capacity in the tendon, especially for runners, because we need to put a lot of load through our um, through our tendons. It's very demanding. If we think of our Achilles, if someone's flared up their Achilles and then they start doing some isometrics, which would be um, if they're on a step, if their toes are on the step and their heels are off the edge, um, going onto the affected side, so just standing on that one side, holding onto maybe some heavy load, heavy weights, and then just holding that position can be quite nice um, and help reduce pain and help restore capacity. And then you say, great, I feel better. Let's get back into some running, uh, which could be a good step um, if it's only a one or two week injury. But if we're looking at a six month plus type of injury, we're really wanting to restore a bit more capacity, we're wanting to restore more strength, we're wanting to restore more power into that tendon, and it's just too much of a jump, too much of, um, we still haven't bridged the gap between isometrics and running. And so what we need to do for tendons is, yes, start with isometrics if it's um, a good adaptation zone, it's progress to heavy, slow stuff. There's a lot of evidence that tendons really respond well to a progressive, slow and heavy loading um, exercise. Once we do that, we've really stored up, we've really um, gained a lot of foundation, we've built up a really big capacity, but then we start uh, introducing some speed work. We need to start introducing some speed, some plyometrics, some store and release, powerful bounding exercises in order to tolerate, in order for the tendon to adapt to that and start tolerating that. Once you've done that, there's uh, you'll be super confident with returning to running because that tendon has been trained specifically enough for running. So that's often the missing piece. It's often the missing puzzle when it comes to tendons, especially if you're having a lot of flare-ups. If you're feeling better, you go run, flares up again, you do a couple of weeks of rehab, it feels a lot better, pain-free, you go back to running, a couple of weeks later it flares up and the cycle repeats itself. You're probably having this uh, missing piece within your rehab. So point number five, which is our last point, is you're relying too much on passive treatment. And this is where like chiros, physios, osteos, all, all the 
health professionals out there um, they can get in the trap as well as of prescribing too much passive treatment so um, be a little bit on guard with that massage dry needling trigger point release foam rolling all this kind of stuff can be really nice uh, if it feels good by all means do it i'm not saying don't what i'm saying is all the, all of the passive treatments that i've just mentioned they don't do anything to restore capacity to the tendon what they are designed to do is settle down symptoms uh, if you're particularly aggravated if you've got pain if you're it's achy if it's uh, affecting day-to-day life it will help reduce symptoms and it only reduces symptoms um, temporarily if you go back to doing the wrong things or if that tendon still remains weak if you're still exceeding the capacity symptoms are going to come back so we need to combine the right things we need to maybe start with some massage, maybe start with some trigger point release, give you some strengthening exercises straight away, usually day one. And then as we progress through the rehab, uh, we focus less and less on the passive treatment and focus more and more on the active treatment. So restoring your rehab, building up your rehab, making sure we're progressive through that strength rehab program like I just discussed in point four and restoring the tendon as much as we can. And then you don't need passive treatment. And so a well-structured strengthening rehab is the one to help uh, with long-term results. I often see or talk to chronic tendon people and they've gone through shockwave for two months or they've gone through, they've seen a massage therapist for three months because it settles down symptoms temporarily and they feel great. But uh, you know, four or five days later, symptoms are back to where they started and it's just a yo-yo effect and they're feeling great. They're back to square one. They're feeling great. They're back to square one. That's usually the passive treatment approach. Um, so be careful with that because it's not long-term. Uh, so that's the episode. How did we go for time? We're on 20 minutes. Perfect. And I just wanted to give you a bit of a recap. So the five reasons why your tendon rehab is failing. Number one, you're resting it too much. Think of that pain, rest, weakness, downward spiral. Number two, you are not correctly interpreting symptoms. Remember, sometimes the tendon could feel, uh, have that warm-up effect and be pain-free with running sometimes. And then you could overdo it and it flares up the next day. Or conversely, you might be trying to go for zero out of 10 pain when it's actually quite acceptable to go through one, one to three out of 10 pain during some, as long as you're not experiencing a flare up the next day and it's tending to get better week on week. Number three, you haven't modified daily aggravating factors. So pay attention to daily movements, pay attention to postures, pay attention to uh, your requirements throughout the day. See if there is a flare up with any of those. See if we can modify any of that to um, keep the tendon happy. Number four, your strength rehab isn't progressive enough, so we need to progress from isometrics to slow, heavy sort of stuff within your capacity to adapt. Make sure we're not exceeding that. Uh, then once we've built up a really nice foundation, we want to focus on speed, store and release, plyometric kind of stuff, um, which is often the missing piece. And then last but not least, number five, we're relying too much on passive treatment and having that up and down cycle because we're not focusing on any rehab that is long-term. Okay, so I've got a few things to chime in on when it comes to PHT specific stuff. I know I talked about it a little bit um, in that recording, but number one, when it comes to resting too much, I'd almost extend that rule into 
underloading too much as well. And I know um, point four talks about um, your strength and conditioning not being progressive enough, but a lot of people tend to start off with really light weights, um, maybe body weight stuff. Maybe they do deadlifts for 10 kilos and there's a little bit of pain. And so they think that's a, a good starting point or a good uh, dosage to continue on. But they don't. They, they stick to that for a couple of weeks and they don't try to progress. And so if you don't try and progress, you're probably underloading the tendon too much. And I know I talk about it a little bit and I talked about it a little bit in this um, episode, but if my hamstring tendons are flared up, I try to make sure when I do my deadlifts that it is a bit painful because I know that I respond really well if the pain levels are around about that two or three out of 10. And if I start off with deadlifts for um, 25 kilos, then I might feel like a three out of 10 pain for the first set. For the second set, it might be a, a one out of 10 pain and I'll need to add on weights for the second set in order to chase that two or three out of 10 pain. And then for the third set, the pain might settle down again. So I might need to pile on another five kilos, 10 kilos maybe, in order to continue chasing that three to five out of 10. And now, so that's being quite progressive. I'm not resting. I'm actually progressing with my strength and conditioning. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm not underloading the tendon. And so perhaps as a scenario, if you are doing 10 kilo deadlifts and you're noticing it is a two or three out of 10 pain, and you've stuck to that for several weeks and you haven't progressed, maybe try doing a, a, a bit more. Because maybe if you add on five kilos to your deadlifts, that pain level is exactly the same. Maybe if you add on five more, that pain level is exactly the same. And it might be worth you at least trialing because then your tendon will um, adapt a lot quicker if you've put on more weight and the pain levels are the same compared to if you're a bit apprehensive because even in those low dosages, you're still getting pain. Um, when it comes to the modifications, uh, which was point three, like the daily modifications, I know I mentioned sitting in the recording. Um, I know for me in the past when I've had really bad um, PHT flare up when I was working in clinics and treating and massaging like patients, gently like leaning over the bench, leaning over that massage table to do whatever hands-on therapy I need to do, that was starting to really irritate me. And I had to really change how I positioned myself, how high the bed was, um, what my other leg was doing, maybe putting, I ended up doing kind of like a little bit of a lunge where um, my unaffected side was forward in that lunge and my affected side was kind of straight and back behind me. So I was in a bit of a lunge position, which is a health position to be in as a therapist, but had to really make that conscious effort to change my daily positions until it settled down. Um, what else? Relying too much. Oh, I guess the point four, I've already talked about the not being progressive enough. Um, and number five with the passive kind of treatments, shockwave as well. Um, shockwave, as we know from previous episodes, doesn't heal the tendon. So don't become too reliant on it. It's there to settle down pain and almost kickstart the healing process, but it needs to be backed up with good um, good rehab principles, I guess you could say. So make sure that you're not just heavily relying on things like shockwave or injectables or um, massage, all those sort of passive treatments, and you're being really active and really engaged with your rehab. 
All right, guys, that's all we have for today. I hope you've learned a ton. Hopefully you've written things down. You're going back to your rehab and seeing what you need to tweak, what you need to work on and best of luck with your recovery and we'll catch you next time. Thanks once again for listening and taking control of your rehab. If you are a runner and love learning through the podcast format, then go ahead and check out the Run Smarter podcast hosted by me. I'll include the link along with all the other links mentioned today in the show notes. So open up your device, click on the show description, and all the links will be there waiting for you. Congratulations on paving your way forward towards an empowering, pain-free future. And remember, knowledge is power.